Hi, and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello everyone and welcome back. I am so excited to introduce to you this week's guest, Elizabeth Wolf. So Elizabeth is a singer, songwriter, and guitarist who currently lives in LA. And I'll tell you the story of when I met Elizabeth, uh, which was about two years ago. We met at the O'Neill. She was a participant of the Cabaret and Performance Conference and I was working there at the time. And during this conference, every single night for about 10 days, there would be an open mic night at the pub. So we would go watch whatever cabaret was on that night and then go to the pub, get a drink, and listen to all of these different performers. And so I got to listen to Elizabeth sing 10 days in a row, and let me tell you, they were some of the most magical days of my life. Elizabeth's voice makes me feel, the way that I can describe it is one of two ways. The first way is when I listen to her voice, I feel like I'm in front of a fireplace and I have a glass of whiskey in my hand, even though I don't even drink whiskey. And I'm like sipping this glass of whiskey and feeling the heat of the fire on my face and like closing my eyes and moving my body to the croon of her voice. And then two, I envision myself like in a convertible cruising down PCH with the windows down, my hair all you know, all a buzz with the wind and like listening to her jams and her grooves and it's just beautiful. So if you're like, whoa, I wanna feel like I'm at a fireplace drinking whiskey or cruising down the PCH, you can listen to her music. She actually is releasing one of the songs off her album. Her album is coming October 16th but she is releasing a new song tomorrow. So if you're listening to this podcast today, when it is released, tomorrow you can find her new song called June. And if you're listening to this episode later, then it's already available and hopefully then maybe her album is available too. So she has an entire album coming out October 16th, which I am so excited for. You can go pre-save it, you can go order it online. All of the information will be in the show notes. But for now, you can listen to this beautiful conversation with Elizabeth. We go into talking about how she found her voice, you know, how she views storytelling and how she collects her favorite sounds. So sit back, relax, maybe grab a glass of your favorite drink and enjoy this conversation with Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for coming on. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, the first question that I love to ask people is, what is currently fueling your creative soul? Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I don't know whether to be embarrassed about this or proud with the new Taylor Swift album. Yes. (laughs) I feel like I've been in, like, a totally creative drought the past several months just with everything going on and, you know, trying to come to terms with this new way of life for everyone. But then she drops this album and I'm just nonstop listening to it. I can't, 
I can't get it out of my head. I think because I, I respect Aaron Dresner's production so much and her lyrical writing in the album, I think is just so mature. It's like, I feel like both sides of my brain are stimulated and I'm like back in the studio working on new things and I'm so grateful for it. <laughs> I love that. that. That makes me think of like what other artists influence you and when you listen to something like that, like how does that inspire you to then work on your own stuff? I think very deep down, this is my innate way of consuming music. When I was little, my mom would throw on like Guys and Dolls, like a musical, you know? And I wouldn't stop listening to it until I had fully digested it and until my body just cringed from listening to it. Like I had to be deathly sick of the music to stop listening. And that would sometimes take months. <laughs> like, wow. I just, I had to understand every orchestration, every lyric, every vocal inflection. I was like, I I assigned myself to be Frank Sinatra's impersonator. I was like, okay, this is five-year-old me, just obsessed with the details of this music. And I think just kind of throughout my life, there have been several albums, both musical theater and outside of that world that have just they've just been so stimulating and gotten so deep into my blood veins that I, I now feel just infused with new energy and I have to go create something. Well, can you name some of the artists that you feel really drawn to? Yeah, totally. I mean, just going down this new Taylor Swift route, definitely the national, definitely Bonnie Bear, mm. definitely Sarah Bareilles. Mm. I've listened to her music so many times. I love Corinne Bailey Ray. Emily King is another one. It's like you, you get into these, these categories of just, I like that artist, I love that artist, or I live that artist, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I was thinking about you and your voice because I remember seeing you perform at the O'Neill two years ago. You were in the cabaret conference, and I remember like your voice, which is so distinct and so uniquely you. And it like, it just draws you in. And it's something about it that's just like, you can't look away when you're listening to it. And so I wanted to ask you, what has been your journey with discovering your voice? And do you feel like you've always had a sound that is unique to you? Or how do you feel about your unique voice? Oh my God, that is so nice of you to say. <laughs> it's true, that's how I feel. <laughs> it has definitely not been a straight path for me. I. I started off with classical voice lessons when I was 11 mm -hmm. and I was like doing that like classical voice competitions, arias, some musical theater, basically until I hit college. And then when I got to college, I was like, well, throw on this way. I'm going to study jazz and vocals and do acapella. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I was just so confused because my whole life I'd been told like, only sing in your head voice, vibrato, stand up straight, bend your pelvis, raise your eyebrows when you do certain, like very technical kid, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like in this doo-wop, doo-wop world where no one is listening to any of those rules and they're changing their registers and they're belting and they're doing riffs and runs. And I got a lot of vocal issues actually. I was like constantly hoarse. I had to go on vocal rest. I, I didn't know what was happening because it was like, it does not compute, you know? I had learned that singing was this one thing, even though it was different than the music that I was listening to, you know? Because I was, like I said, obsessing over Sarah Bareilles and Bonnie Vare and Emily King and all those other influences. 
And I, I, I studied with different voice teachers like throughout. The, so I had one voice teacher from 11 to like 20. And then from like maybe 20 to 24, I had like, I don't know, maybe a dozen. I switched voice teachers like very frequently. And I think that it wasn't until I just stopped and I was like, you know what? I know how to sing. And I think I have a healing body and my body, I've, I've, all of the techniques that I've learned are ingrained and they're deep within me. So if I need them for health reasons, they will come up when I'm singing. But other than that, I think I just need to find out what my instrument is and what this instrument is intended to sing. Because I think this is like, this is my voice spiel. I think that when you learn the violin, you're learning the violin, right? When you learn the trumpet, you're learning the trumpet, which is an instrument. But for the voice, no two voices are the same. Yeah. So you can't just learn, oh, I'm going to learn the voice. Like, oh, I'm going to learn the guitar, you know? You have to learn Elizabeth's voice or whatever your voice, you know, your own instrument. And I think that that is its own archaeological excavation. It's a new frontier. You have to get in there, roll up your sleeves and figure it out yourself in some ways. The technique is super important. But I think it wasn't until I just sat with myself and started picking up other instruments and, and experimenting and, and writing mm -hmm. that I started to discover how this instrument works, mine, you know? Yeah, I love that. It sounds like you learned how to just trust that what's there was there and you didn't need to really, I mean, of course, it's important to study with different people and learn these various techniques that you're talking about. But when you kind of settle into that and relax and trusting that you know what you need to know. Your, your voice knows what it needs to do and like relaxing into that. And then, and then that's when the truth comes out. Totally. Yeah. And not, not trying to sound like something else, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to need to sound perfectly like this classical box, you know, mm -hmm. because those are not the voices that I am attracted to, you know, yeah. I'm attracted to like Feist who just, she like wails sometimes or, like, my friend Monica Martin, who just, she, her voice is so interesting. Her voice is like a stick shift drive, you know? Yeah. She'll go like head voice, chest voice, and she switches registers all the time. And so, yeah, I, I think it takes a lot of trust and, and a lot of just going into the factory yourself to, to find out what you want to hear yourself singing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I found, I had a similar journey because in college I studied musical theater and I felt like I was being taught to sing in one way and I was like trying to emulate all these musical theater voices that I thought was a musical theater voice Holy and it wasn't until I kind of like graduated college and went on this own journey with my voice of just discovering what my voice sounds like and and what I do like to listen to and how I want to feel when I'm singing and not just making sure that I have great vibrato on this one note and like you know, yeah, it's just all of that. You kind of, you have to learn it, but then at one point you kind of have to let it go and just trust that it's there. Yeah, I think that process is really important. I wouldn't undo that for the world because yeah. I think you don't want to mess up your voice. You know, you have to have some, some technique. I think with that stuff, the, the, at least the voices that are, that have made it are, are, are so interesting. Like look at Ben Platt, you know, mm -hmm. he clearly has that classical training but he's a pop star. And so he's able to be true to himself in his own way. I was, I was told a lot of times, you have to use your whole voice. You have to be more energetic when you sing. You have to da 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 But like, it took me a while to realize that maybe that's not my voice. Maybe I like singing soft and that there can be great high energy through singing soft. 
I'm a rule breaker and a rule follower at the same time, but I'm such a student. So I, I kind of, it, it's a crutch of mine that I'll, I'll listen to teachers a lot and I need to get multiple people's opinions instead of just listening to my own gut and trusting that I have everything I need to make those decisions and to create that sound or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know, to step away from that and then to, to use kind of like an audience as my teacher. And that, that's where, that's where the test really is. It's not about your jury and like Professor Schmoppenstein being like, <laughs> oh, you didn't check the correct boxes. It's about being in the room and feeling the feedback live from the people that are paying to see you. Oh, oh, that's such a good point of the act of performing and using the audience as your test. When you talk about your journey with performance, because I know you do a lot of stuff, like you do, you perform a lot. And so will you talk about different types of performance that you've done and what you've learned from those experiences? Yeah, I mean, I guess I've been performing my whole life. I've been in theater things and acapella musical things. And I, I had a real turning point right after I graduated college because I actually studied at the annual too. Back, I did a semester there at NTI and I wrote a musical which then I brought back to my college, which was UC Berkeley, and I got a grant to put it on, and I produced it, and I directed the whole thing. It was a lot of work. It was really fun, and I, I kind of came out of that experience asking myself one question. I was like, okay, what, what am I hiding from? Like, what's, what, what's the next thing that I'm afraid of doing? Because that whole process was just me just knocking down fears left and right of like, oh, I can't, direct an entire musical and get a theater to put it on and get people to perform in it, like what the hell? But then I, I kind of realized that the next thing that I was hiding behind, the next rock, was that here I, I had written all these songs and other people were singing them. So it's like I, I put my heart on a page and I had someone else speak it out loud for me. Like you, now you have to do that. That's it's time to be vulnerable, you know? Mm -hmm. That's like the next layer. And I knew from all the stories of all the artists that I love or that have grown and changed is that I, I had to start from the bottom. So I like, I moved back to LA where I'm from and I just started picking away at the guitar, like one string at a time. Cause that was the next thing that, that scared me. I was like, I, I can't have an accompanist. I have to be able to do this myself. For some reason, that's really important to me. And so I book gigs left and right. And I, I set up at any opportunity I could to perform. I like, I got myself a residency at a yoga studio. <laughs> I like convinced the owner to let me just play guitar during the classes. I would play at synagogues. I'd play at my, at different bars, wh wherever, however I could. I didn't care if I did badly. It was just a lesson. And I have a journal that I would keep of, and I would take notes of all the things that I liked the things that I want to improve on and it's hard. It's really hard, but that's, that's, I think that's a rite of passage that everyone has to go through. You know, wow. it's the only way to learn how to, how to be comfortable in front of an audience. I still get so nervous. Even on a live stream, I get so nervous. <laughs> oh, wait, that's such an inspiring story to hear how you followed the things that scared you. Completely. Yeah. That's a big lesson for all the listeners. Yeah. That, 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 that trail leads to good stuff. Yeah, and how did you have the courage to, to be able to do that? Did you just know that that was like your next directive and you 
you knew that that because of your experience of the musical, you knew that's where the good stuff was. And like, that's what kept you going. It's, it's always what I've wanted to do. I think it's, it's been, but it's been hidden under piles and piles of, of fear, you know? Yeah. So it, it was just about kind of moving those away by doing other art forms, like writing a fucking musical. <laughs> oh <my laughs> but I was like, okay. And I, I definitely want to return to that world. And, yeah. but, but it has to be on my terms. Yeah. Like I chose LA first because I'm obsessed with the indie music scene out here. And and all that's going on. And so I just wanted to soak up that sound like a sponge and learn and, and meet my heroes. I just, I would literally go on Instagram and I'd see that there's a show happening or I'd follow my favorite artists and I'd see what shows they were going to just to attend. And I would just follow, I would just go wherever I thought the scene was that I was thought was cool. You know, I would go by myself and I was living at home. So I would drive from the suburbs of LA pretty much every night. <laughs> like, Wow. 30, 40 minutes, like just to go, you know, and then I would just, I would just start talking to people and asking them questions and meeting whoever I could. I just, I put myself in the field, in the lab. It's definitely been a path of following my fears because then even if you zoom in on that, it was like, okay, I have to, I have to sing my own songs. So then I started, you know, working with other musicians to like perform live. And then I realized that I was terrified of playing guitar by myself because I could barely play. Mm. So then I was like, okay, well, I have to do that. I have to be able to do that, you know? Wow. The next thing that, the thing that's taken me a long time to, to really be comfortable doing and calling myself as a producer, like to be able to actually then create the sound myself too. I don't know why it's, 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 it's a hard thing to be like, oh, I can actually do that you're it's not just this magical thing that someone else is doing it's right. not oh you know oh you play the, the guitar you play those the chord thing it's like no you can actually learn that yourself if you sit and apply yourself just like everyone else has and then you have the greatest gift of all which is being able to communicate your own sounds and what you're hearing because then you can say hey i played this chord or hey i want it to sound like this specifically in like production terms which just has given me a lot of empowerment in terms of, again, like you're like we're talking about the whole time is is shaping my sound. Wow, and what that is. That's so cool. And so I'd love to hear about your process with writing. What it is to write a song, where that inspiration comes from, where do you start? What does it look like when you're writing this song? How long does it take to write a song? I mean, you know, there might be a million different answers to this question but I'd love to hear about your specific process oh my goodness I you're catching me at a time of great change I don't even know how to write a song <laughs> <laughs> oh well I think there's something interesting in that of like being in transformation all the time and being in always evolving as an artist so you can talk about where you're at right now or how it's looked before and how it looks now yeah well I mean during those first couple of years out of college, it was a lot of like, every time I went to a show, which was several nights a week, I would then, I would come home, I'd pick up my guitar, I would go to the opposite end of the house, I didn't wake up my parents, <laughs> and I would just like, I would write, I would write a new song based off of what I saw at the show that night and was inspired by, and I would like slowly try to pick up stuff, and my lyrics were kind of free for me very 
a little bit diary entry kind of, you know, coming from that place of like late night feelings. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of those songs made the album. And then I think, you know, some sometimes I'll have like a verse idea or a chorus idea. I'll have half the song down and then I'll bring it to one of my collaborators, either my drummer, Harry, who's like my brother. And I'll, once I hear it with the drums, then the chorus just makes sense and it comes in, you know, yeah. but I need like some other energy coming in or I'll have a, a melody idea and like some really simple chords and I'll bring it to my best friend, John from, he's my friend from college. We were in acapella together and he, he always kind of catches me or at least used to catch me in this like really moody songwriter state. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he knows me really well. So he's able to kind of help translate that out and turn the lyrics from sad to empowering or give me a really cool guitar melody. Actually, I have a, that, I think you heard this song. It's called June. Yes. I um, love June. That song was probably, that song probably took me the longest to write of any song so far. I mean, there's a lot of songs I think now that are taking a really, really freaking long time. But that song, I, I had the verse, that was it. I had November's on the way and the leaves have yet to fall. I forgot there are no seasons in Los Angeles at all. And I was, I was dealing with like a long distance issue. And I brought it to John and he wrote a beautiful guitar part that he then taught me so that Teach Man Fish, I would know. I wasn't relying on a guitar player to just know. Like, he was like, okay, I came up with this, but you need to have this in your hands now, mm. which took me a while to learn. That was hard. And I just kind of watched the year go by, and every couple months I'd add a new verse to it. So then by the time June rolled around, it kind of made sense. You know? So it was like it was creating itself as your life was moving on with the seasons and everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got those songs and then sometimes you have other songs that you just like wake up in the morning and then the whole song is written. Like the song I have called Fool Song was like that. I just, I woke up, I went, I picked up my guitar and it was like it, someone else had, had was singing. It just came out of me, oh my which was insane. You bring up a good, uh, something that I, I struggle with and that's working with collaborators and bringing collaborators into your creative process because I I find for me that's like the scariest part of of me sitting with myself and like pouring my heart onto the page and then needing someone else to bring something to reality and bring an idea to life and so what is that experience like for you of of bringing pieces of your heart and soul to other people and then having them input their ideas on it and having their own creative process with it. And, and what is that process of collaboration? What does that feel and look like to you? Wow. It's, it's really effing hard. (laughs) Talk about like another thing on the fears list and then being like, okay, I need to do this. I think, you know, this, there's a, there's a saying in the theater world in, in terms of like new theater development, they say, kill your darlings, you know, yeah. don't be afraid, especially because the theater world is so collaborative. Don't be afraid to like sacrifice a line or a movement or a, you know, a nugget of this work for the greater good of the work. Yeah. And I think if you zoom back and look at the strategic imperative, you know, the super objective of like what you really want in, in, in collaboration, which was, which has helped making the song better, you know, then as long as you're with someone that you trust, 
-hmm. and that you feel comfortable around in your gut, I think that you have to let pieces go in order to let other pieces in. Yeah. You know, which, which takes a long time. There's, I've had a lot of sessions where I felt really uncomfortable, both emotionally, gender politics play into that a lot, especially in the music world. But I, I kind of reverted to like, whenever I meet new music collaborators, I don't write with them for a while. I'll like, mm-hmm. I'll go on a coffee date. I'll go on a hike. I'll talk. I want to get to know them because I think being in the room with someone is such a vulnerable thing. Yeah. So I need, I, I need to trust them. And that does not come quickly, you yeah, know, you need to build that relationship. Exactly. Yeah. All of my bandmates, I, it's been a long time of getting to know them, having dinner with them, you know, going to parties with like, just having them become my friends and my people. Yeah. Selfishly so that I could feel like, you know, Comfortable. I could create with them. Yeah. I, I'm really interested in how creativity and spirituality are really interconnected. And I'd love to hear from you about a, what is your relationship to your spirituality? If you're comfortable sharing and does that have any connection or relationship to the way you approach your creativity and your creative process? Wow. Big stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm born and bled and raised a Jew. Mm. I'm just like many creative entertainers. <laughs> and I don't really know. Yeah. I find for me the principles of creativity and spirituality are the same. Like being in the present moment and the idea of giving and receiving. And so I guess thinking of it more in like, I don't know. I, le- I learned those principles in meditation and yoga, and I feel like they just parallel so beautifully with the creative process of diving into something and not knowing what it's going to look like, having that fear of the unknown, and then being with it as it goes along and, and seeing how you change and transform and grow from each experience. Yeah, I think maybe I'll give an example of, of kind of the day after a show, because that for some reason was a weird lesson for me to learn which is that when you perform you're doing something really vulnerable especially the way I was I've been approaching it which is just you know tenaciously doing all the things that scare me all the time oh, wow. <laughs> so it's like I'm just singing about my feelings on a guitar which I just learned how to play in front of all these people you know oh and I think that I wasn't really acknowledging how vulnerable that is and I think for I I got to a point where I just had all the gates open Mm -hmm. which I think spiritually you know can be uncomfortable and can make you really emotional and really like uchki (laughs) to the Yiddish word you know and and so I'd wake up the next day and then I would just try to like go about my day and do other things but I I realized that I needed a practice of, oh, it's a couple things, right? It's like the day after the show, have my phone off, go for a walk, mm-hmm. give myself time to not shut the gates closed, but just to like, to bring them back in to a place where I can protect my, my human body and my human experience, you know? 
Yeah. And, and, and that's something actually from the theater world that I really love is that you have to prepare, right. To go on stage and then you perform, you make yourself vulnerable, you enter this artistic practice. And then after that, you go off stage and then you cool down. It's like a workout, like at the gym, you know, you stretch and then you work out and then you cool down and then you leave. And I had to, I've had to learn how to cultivate that own practice. And I think there's a lot of spirituality in that, you know, just of like taking, and sometimes you're in like a really crowded little bar or like a backyard show where there's not really a place for me to like go do a fucking link later Tai Chi thing, you know, (laughs) like after to do, it's like, maybe it's just putting one hand on my chest, taking a couple deep breaths and Mm -hmm. sending some self-love to a place either in my body or my heart that really needs it. Mm. And then you enter the stage, you be vulnerable, you put yourself out there, right? And then you come back and then you, like I said, close the gates a little bit, yeah. you know? Cause then otherwise I just feel like my, my limbs hanging out, you know? Yeah. What a, that's a beautiful way to describe it of, of grounding yourself after and like finding those rituals or those practices that you do that, nourish yourself so that you're you're taking care of that body mind spirit so that you're able to continue and you don't get burnt out totally yeah because the thing about being a singer songwriter too is that i'm not playing a character i wrote these songs and now i'm it's me it's the whole thing is just me but to find some sort of a separation between the person that is on stage performing and connecting and and i like to be really real with my audience i like to be really go there together but to to be able to kind of put that in its own place even though it's not like I mean some artists have aliases but to be able to find those kind of corners of myself that I can kind of tuck into at different points yeah I think that's really important and 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 also just taking space like I just did I just I took a month off social media just now just to like reset and then and I wasn't feeling creative at all and I was like I was just I was trying to be okay with that I think your inner creative is like your child you probably say this to your clients all the time yes I love that you nurture it and be you know if your kid's like I don't want to you have to be like okay yeah (laughs) we're not gonna go to the park today yeah stay home and watch tv that's it's a pandemic it's okay (laughs) You spoke about the fact that you're in a transition and I think, I mean, all of us are in some way. And I think this time has been really interesting to be able to take space from the things that we usually either distract ourselves with or just the regular things we've been doing for so long. And I think so many of us have never had so much time to sit with ourselves and to really examine, you know, what is going on and just all the chaos that's happening around us. That's, a whole thing but can you talk about the transition that you're in currently I know that you you just released your album recently and I think in the middle of all this right no so I was going to I just felt that it would be inappropriate May it felt inappropriate in June it felt even more inappropriate so I've kind of been waiting but I recently decided that I'm done waiting it comes out on October 16th which is coming up gosh and what was the decision making process like of deciding to release it because I know you posted something the other day about releasing music during these times 
And that struck something in me because I think that's what's stopping a lot of creatives right now because in a way it does feel inappropriate because there's so many bigger things going on in the world and you know so much despair. But I think that's when the creativity is needed the most. Like that's what we need to hold on to. So it's like, we need your songs, please release them because that gives us so much hope, us so much light, so much inspiration. And I think that's what people need to not get so sidetracked by. And of course, like give yourself the time and space to deal and process with everything that's going on, but also not forgetting that like, this is our medicine. This is how we heal. This is how we come together, especially in times when we can't come together. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm obsessed with this new Taylor Swift album. Yeah. It's revived me. Music is so important. And that, yeah, I, I was feeling really precious about my songs and almost feeling like, ah, they, they have to come out the right way, the perfect way. Yeah. Kind of like my journey with my voice anyway, you know, yeah. technique, I have to do it by the book. Da, 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 da. But then I realized that these are not the only songs that I'm ever going to write. And if yes. people listen to them, that's fine because this is my first album and I'm proud of it. And it's a symbol for me of a lot of growth that I've been through and overcome in the past couple of years. And to be able to release that physically and mentally and not be carrying it with me. It's for me, it's a time capsule and to be able to just put it out into the world and, and just open it up and give it some oxygen so that other people can experience it for themselves mm -hmm. and bring their own identities and their own stories to it. Then it no longer becomes something that I went through or that I, and it's not about me anymore. I'm sick of it being about me. I want it to just be out in the open released and free so that it can have a life of its own, you know? Yeah, and I love what you're saying about like letting it go from yourself. But like right now it's all, it's stuck inside of you and giving it oxygen, letting it go so that you can move on and be open to what is going to come through next. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. But I have been writing more a little bit. And I've been recording a little bit more too, working on some new stuff. So hopefully it won't be that long after my album comes out that I'll have even newer music and even, you know. Oh, that's so exciting. Are there any other, I know you spoke about theater and I know that you've written poetry before, but are there any other like creative hobbies or pursuits that you do to either get away when you feel maybe stuck or blocked with songwriting or with music and you feel like you need a little creative respite? Is there any other things that you like to do? I go outside. I yeah. turn off my phone. Mm. I mean, in LA, I'll, I'll go to the beach. I'll leave my phone at home. I'll go to the beach. Yeah. It happens like maybe once a week. <laughs> my favorite practice. <laughs> well, where can people find you? Where, where can they find your new music? Where is it coming out? We're so excited to hear it. Oh my gosh. You're so cool. This It's so nice to talk to you. You're a really amazing human. And I'm so happy that you have a podcast now because people need to hear this. <laughs> Thank you for having this conversation with me. I feel like, I just feel nourished. Like I feel like my cup every time when I connect with people like you, it's just like, oh, my cup is full again. And now I feel <laughs> life and like ready to take on whatever else is coming my way. So thank well, you for doing um, so much. You can find me on Instagram at e at ewolf, E-W-O-O-L-F, because my last name has two O's in it, ewolf. And Elizabeth Wolf on Spotify, Facebook, 
you know. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Creative Soul Podcast, and thank you so much for listening. If you liked this podcast, please feel free to send it to a friend and tell them what inspired you, or feel free to connect with me over on Instagram at the underscore modern mermaid with your thoughts. And if you would be so kind to rate and review the podcast, I would love to gift you my guided writing meditation that will help you connect deeper to yourself, your creativity, and your spirituality. Just take a screenshot of the review and send it my way at the underscore modern mermaid, and I will send over the meditation. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.